Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to How to Survive in America. I'm your host, Robert Jenkins, and this is episode five. I would like to start this episode with an apology. In the introductory episode, I told you that this podcast would not be a prepper podcast. Uh, that isn't entirely true. This podcast will not be a prepper podcast in the sense that it won't be ridiculous and paranoid. Uh, we won't be talking about making skin suits and which part of a person you should eat first. However, we will spend some time on practical preparedness. Uh, if you're like me, being prepared isn't something that you've probably given much thought over the years. Uh, prior to 2020, you probably never thought you'd be stuck in your house for months at a time, but here we are. The goal of survival is to be ready for the things that may happen, not to get ready for the things that we want to get ready for. And given our current climate, it's a safe assumption that we may be here in this situation sometime again in the near future. With that in mind, I decided to invite my good friend Sam Inglet to come on and share some of his knowledge with us. Uh, I learned a lot from our conversation. It was very informative, and I hope that you will learn a lot from it, too. Hey, everybody. How we doing out there? Uh, this is uh, Robert Jenkins, and welcome to uh, How to Survive in America. Uh, I told you guys earlier uh, in the introductory episode that we were kind of going to go with uh, the structure of Maslow's hierarchy of needs to try and uh, sort things out and make sure that we covered the things most essential to the human existence. Uh, uh, earlier, we talked about food, uh, talking about firearms and, and safety and health. Um, shelter. Shelter is one of the most basic needs. Sometimes having adequate shelter means surviving outside uh, until you can find adequate shelter. And one of the things that we want to talk about is camping and other preparedness issues. Uh, I have the honor of speaking with a good friend of mine. I've known him for many years. Uh, his name's Sam England. Hey, Sam, how are you? Good, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, man, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, so how long have we known each other, Sam? It's like what? I mean, basically since I started doing comedy, so like almost like eight years, right? Yeah, I mean, it would probably been, probably would have been around when I was either started working at City Pulse, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So that would have probably been like 2012, yeah. right around there. So yep. yeah, a while, man. A yeah, it's while. Been a minute. Time flies. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. It's been a minute. Think about um, how naive we were in 2012. You I know. know. We, we thought were all things high on that be... hope and change, you know, yeah. round two, here we go. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> you know, we'll see what happened with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we went from, you know, talking about universal health care to how can we, how can we fix our own broken bones because nobody yeah. got any insurance. That's, that's what the fuck we are right now. I got some great recipes for the rats we're going to have to catch, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you've done, you have some experience like camping and stuff, right? I've always enjoyed camping. I've always enjoyed the outdoors. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, even ever since I was a little kid, I've always wanted to like survive in the outdoors you know be like the bush man the grizzly man kind of thing it was probably maybe around like four years ago or so um actually probably around the time that trump actually got elected that some of my interest in like and it, i think it was kind of forced upon me or maybe it was the universe telling me like get ready for this shit but <laughs> you know i was really interested in like you know watching stuff on camping and bushcraft survival like outdoor survival stuff on on youtube and then 
I somehow got introduced to like emergency preparedness and like what people call like doomsday prepping too. Mm -hmm. Um, and I actually found, and now I kind of consider myself a bit of a, uh, a practical prepper, which I think applies for both like outdoor stuff as well as, you know, a shit hits the fan emergency scenario. Right. Right. Cause so, one of the things I have said in the beginning was that this wasn't going to be like a prepper podcast. And what I meant by that is we were going to be practical with the shit right. that we talked about here. We're not talking about, you know, how to build your own skin suit or some shit like that. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not the issue. Like if you, if you hear somebody talking about a skin suit, chances are they looking to make a black skin suit because they're racist and crazy. That's not yeah. what we're doing here. We're talking practical shit, folks. Practical. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, and that's kind of the problem that you run into when you're looking for good information about like emergency preparedness. Um, I, I, I think, you know, the outdoor survival community, I think is a little bit better because they're just like gung-ho campers, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them, um, real minimalist style camping. I mean, that's what I like doing. Like I like having, you know, uh, a, a tarp uh, as my, you know, tent set up. Um, I like having as little gear as possible, but then when you get over into like the emergency preparedness side, right. What people think of like doomsday preppers, um, it can get pretty unwieldy pretty quickly. Like, you know, every video you watch starts with a hellish landscape or, you know, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, and stock footage of Antifa burning a building or whatever. And they're like, you need oh, to protect yourself. Emergency preparedness, you know. Good old Antifa. Uh, you know how they do. Well, you know. Antifa I, I stay Antifa, you know. I, I haven't renewed my my membership yet, you know. Oh, I, yeah. I, I need my, my yearly t-shirt for renewing my membership. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like you said, I, I've approached this from like a practical prepper standpoint. Like I realized pretty quickly that there was a lot of real nutty shit out there as far as emergency preparedness and like survival goes. Um, and so I've I've really kind of like honed in on a few sort of like outlets and areas where at least the white supremacy or the political views aren't so readily apparent that I'm like disgusted to watch anything, you know? Right. Um, there's, there's definitely tinges of it, you know, throughout, I think prepper culture in general, because it's a bunch of privileged white dudes all wanting to protect their own, you know, individual liberties when shit hits the fan or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think there's some really good stuff that, you know, not batshit crazy people can kind of glean from it because I approach practical prepping, um, as, you know, being, being prepared, I mean, it is being prepared for emergencies and like, what is, you know, what is an emergency? Emergency is a flat tire. Uh, when you're driving, an emergency is when the power goes out. An emergency is when, you know, all the way up to, you know, tornadoes, earthquakes, and yeah, uh, civilization, you know, racking revolutions, (laughs) who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think that there are things that everyone can do so you're not caught with your pants down in really any kind of situation. Um, and you also kind of have the mindset of, I mean, survival of, of getting through a situation of being creative with what you have while also having, uh, you know, again, being prepared, knowing what you have on you, knowing what you don't have um, and taking it from there. I think one of the things that we struggle with um, if you have this sort of political leanings that people like you and I do is we 
have like this inherent sense of like community. So it's like, it's yeah. hard to get in that prepper kind of mindset because totally. there isn't, there isn't a, there isn't a chance where you're thinking, I can't trust anybody. I don't want anybody to be around me because that's just not yeah. how we think. It's always like, okay, if, if I have, then this person, they, they have too. We can work together. We can kind of count on one another to a certain extent, you know, so it's hard to really, to really understand some of the stuff that you see. That's why it seems so fucking crazy, you know? Yeah. And honestly, I mean, human beings, we are not well tailored to surviving alone. Like right. we, right. I mean, we are, we are a pack community animals, you know? I mean, there's a reason that, you know, villages and, and tribes all popped up because everyone had different roles, responsibilities, expertises. Um, it, you will be hard pressed to find the one person that can completely survive by themselves because they know how to do everything. Right. Um, they are, they have everything that they need. Cause that's another thing is human beings are, one of you know one of the only creatures that are not really well adept to survive just like out of the womb grow and Fresh go out the box. Kind of thing. yeah no <laughs> like we, we we die pretty quick like we're pretty weak sauce once you like put us up against you know nature um yeah. you know it, it so uh yeah no definitely i mean community right and and I think there are things that people can do as individuals to better prepare themselves and their families. But at the end of the day, like, you know, the theme of this podcast, right? Like surviving America. I mean, we don't really know what's coming down the pike here. Right. Um, I think we're starting to see a little bit of it, but you know, I mean like, look, look what's happening in Seattle. Right. I mean, there's a situation where people rose up and established community as a form of resistance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we can, we can do that as well. Um, so, while so hold being, on yeah. for a second. What's going? What do you mean? What's going on in Seattle? What What's happening? So they've uh, some anarchists, leftists, Black Lives Matter protesters have established an autonomous zone within the city of Seattle, where they basically the cops retreated, the authority figures retreated, and they have uh, established a what they're calling uh, I think it's Free Capitol Hill um, or Free Capitol. Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, Chaz. Uh, and they are, you know, it's it's a space for community. It's a space for music where people can get food, medical attention. Um, and it's just sort of a, a reorganizing of society to help meet the needs of people in that community. Um, mm. And they, and, and I think there's a lot of things within that that, you know, I mean, it, it looks like preppers almost, right? They have food stations, water stations, things like that. Um, so... Yeah, community is definitely important, um, and having your family prepared as well is also very important. Okay, and and I think I would also say that like preparedness, like as I'm going to talk about it quite a bit, comes with a lot of privilege. I mean, mm -hmm. it just like the ability to have the time and resources to, um, you know, get the gear that you need, stock up on supplies, the time to acquire the knowledge that you need to be able to use what you have effectively. Um, that all takes privilege. And I just mm -hmm. want to like recognize that. But I think that there are some things that folks can do, even if you are, you know, struggling financially or something like that, there are some, some baby steps that you can take, or like you said, community, right? Get with your neighbors and come up with a way to 
pool resources in the event of something happening so nobody's left behind. Mm -hmm. Before we get into the nitty gritty, um, I want to kind of talk to you about some of the sources, uh, some of the things that you read, some of the videos that you watched to help you help you get yourself ready. Is there anything you would suggest for people to take a look at this kind of, you know, bare bones kind of teaches like the basics of these things? Yeah, so I would start, um, and again, so one thing you're going to find within the survival prepper community, and, you know, this is something that I've joked a lot about, but like, you don't find a whole lot of, say, people of our like political and philosophical persuasion in like the survival and prepper community. Um, And so I've sort of uh, had to work my way through a lot of bad sources where, it was like, oh, great, this is telling me how to dress a wound or whatever, but, you know, they're definitely racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. You know, so you got to, uh, that, that is just how one to thing fix to this knife wound that you got from the darkies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll tell you the kind of starting at the baseline um, as far as like books and stuff like that go. Um, Wilderness Survival, um, it's a, I think that's what it's called. Is it so books by Dave Canterbury? Uh, okay. He does a lot of good, real baseline survival, outdoor survival basics. Um, so maintaining your core body temperature, uh, building shelter, uh, acquiring food, uh, basic wilderness medical survival things. Um, you know, basically real rustic fucking camping um Mm -hmm. like being able to go out into the wilderness with five items or less uh some key items and then going from and i'll talk about what those five items are um, in a second here but uh, so dave canterbury i think does some good like if you want a book like you want to read some stuff about like you know like i said if you got to go camping um but it also it like i said it hits on those things that you need to stay alive um keeping not going to hypothermia, not getting dehydrated, not dying from exposure. Um, and you know, waiting around for help if you have to, but being right. able to survive if, if you need to. Um, okay. so d- his, his books are really good. Um, and those are again, more focused on definitely outdoor stuff. Um, now as far as like, you know, stocking food, making sure your house is protected, getting ready for societal collapse kind of thing where you're looking for, more of that what people think of prepper kind of side of the conversation. Um, I have found a YouTube channel um, that I think is pretty good. And again, I've approached it from trying to avoid the right wing like quackery as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, there's a YouTube channel called Survival Dispatch that I think approaches survival from a, a, a pretty good angle um they're they're really focused on like gear and like you know there's some like you know they're probably white guys with money so they like buying gear and reviewing gear and stuff like that but they also have some really good practical knowledge uh as well that they can help you you know put together a a plan for like getting your house prepared um you know talking about food storage water filtration um potential medical supplies firearms uh, communications, intelligence gathering, stuff like that. Um, the stuff that people really kind of think about when they think of like doomsday prepper. And what I would say is just baby steps with all of this kind of stuff. 
you know, um, don't feel like you have to jump in two feet first and spend all of your money and all of your time, like getting ready for the apocalypse, um, or getting ready for, you know, a bug out, you know, the, the famed bug out, uh, situation that people Mm -hmm. talk about a lot. Um, there are things that you can just kind of integrate into your daily life to be more prepared for an emergency situation. Like I said, whether that is a flat tire, whether that is, you know, and you got to walk somewhere or, uh, hell, there's a bunch of protests that are locking down the, you know, the freeways. And now, you know, cities are kind of starting to shift a little bit with what their supply lines are like, uh, to power outages and big storms. I mean, I think there's stuff that we can do to make ourselves prepared for like the littlest thing to the biggest thing. Right. Uh, Right. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, uh, you said that you would cover five items that you would need, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Dave Canterbury, um, uses, and he actually has like a survival school in Ohio, um, that next year I'm planning on going to a few of those classes. Um, so he has what he calls the the five C's, and that's like the letter C, um, and in no particular order. And these are items that are incredibly difficult to reproduce in nature, but having them on you will allow you to, again, maintain your core body temperature and potentially create other tools and items out of natural materials in order to further your ability to survive. Um, so first is a container, preferably a stainless steel container. So I'm talking about a water bottle. I'm talking about a bowl. So like anything that you can use to carry, transport, and boil water with. Um, that's And this is kind of, an, again, no particular order. I'm just going to go through the five and sort of break them down a little bit more. Um, second would be a cutting tool, so a knife. Um, you know, people talk about, oh, I'll go into the woods and I'll break a rock and make it like, that's some bullshit. Like <laughs> get, bring you some fricking steel that like human beings have been working on for like, you know, past thousand, couple thousand years, like, you know, uh, bring, bring a knife. It'll be a lot easier. Um, a combustion tool, something to start a fire with, uh, that can be a lighter, that can be a ferrocium rod. Um, you know, you can go down to like the very primitive bow drill technique, um, that's something that I've tried before, man, it's fucking hard. Like yeah. you need to, you, and you need to practice. And I think that goes with any kind of outdoor survival stuff. You got to practice. Um, second is cordage, um, some kind of rope string bank line. Um, I carry, you know, I bring uh, a lot of paracord around with me in different right. bags and stuff yeah. like that. And because again, like, yeah, if you need, uh, you know, if your shoelace breaks, and you don't got something to kind of quickly weave back in there, um, you're going to be in some trouble there. Um, and cordage is very hard to reproduce in the wild. And then second is like cover, a, a tarp, a space blanket, a tent. Um, even your clothes, I think, would consider fall under there. So those, those are the five C's. Those are okay. the things that you should have as like a baseline in a kit or baseline in a bag. Um, redundancies in case something happens with one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a container, a cutting tool, a combustion device, cordage, and cover. Um, so those, those are the five C's by Dave Canterbury. Um, and that's really the baseline of what he does his survival instructions off of. Um, and again, those are what you, if you think about those things, those are very kind of like primitive tools. And if you had a knife, a water bottle, some paracord, a lighter, and a tarp, you're primitive camping at that mm-hmm. point, but you ain't mm-hmm. going to die 
you know, anytime right. soon. Um, so that's kind of like that baseline there um, as far as, and that's really good. Those five C's. Um, I'm going to try to structure this in a way that kind of makes sense. So I kind of look at my preparedness in three different levels. I have my home preparedness. What do I have at home? Uh, I have a like mobile preparedness, like what's in my car with me, what's in my work bag. Uh, and then I have what I call my EDC, like what's on my body. EDC is everyday carry what's on my body, what's on my clothes and what's in my pockets, like 99% of the time. So those are kind of the three levels there. And I think the five C's are really important for EDC and mobile preparedness because having those things on you if you're out and about and then some shit hits the fan you know and i'm if i'm in detroit doing something for work and i got to get home and some shit hits the fan and there's massive traffic jams or civil unrest or an earthquake or jesus comes back or whatever (laughs) um and i gotta like walk my ass home from detroit to lansing because the highways are all backed up then like having those things like you know survival camping on Mm -hmm. me you know with addition to a few other things is really important um so that's the five c's those are uh again like baseline as far as you know i'm concerned Mm -hmm. um and probably lead more towards the outdoor survival than necessarily you know hardcore emergency preparedness but um or like the again what people think of like prepping but i think those are really five key important items for people to consider um on their person in their car um or you know even especially like when you're out camping in case something goes wrong there too all right um you talked about uh water uh yeah how let's go through that real quick how would you uh how do you clean your own water how do you do that so a couple different ways. Um, one is I would say is, is buy some filters. Um, and, and again, I'll, so I'll walk this through um, kind of like I'll start at the home level. You're okay. where, and, and really that's a big thing with like preparedness. Like everyone always talks about like bugging out, like this glory of like being like the lone, like road warrior, you know, like the road, right? Like, Oh, we're going to go, we're going to bug out. We're going to get out of civilization. Like, in an emergency situation, stick around where the, where, you know, people like where you're right. comfortable, like exactly. don't leave that. <laughs> like you have more, like you're better off being in a place where you know your neighbors and thinking you're going to go survive in the woods for like a week, you know, or two while like right. society comes back to normal. Cause then you lose out on a bunch of, anyway. Um, so starting at the home, like think about one, like water storage. Um, you know, you can get like, uh, you know, containers made specifically for long-term water storage for like 15 bucks. Um, get some of those, fill them up, put them in a closet or a basement, rotate the water like every year. You're good to go. Um, consider some water filters. Um, Sawyer makes some really good water filters. Um, there's a company called Grail. That's like gray with an L. Uh, they make some good water filters. Um, but then as far as like cleaning your own water, like if you're out in, in the wilderness and you need to, to uh, get some water. There's a few ways that you can do it. Um, one is, I think the baseline is bring water to a rolling boil that will kill anything that is in it. Yeah. You might have a couple of, you know, if you just like scooped it out of a pond, um, and started boiling it. Yeah. You might have some dirt in there. You might have some debris. It might have, you know, mother nature's own seasoning to it. Um, but the boiling is going to kill anything that's alive or could harm you as far as bacteria goes. Um, 
and it's always it's usually better to try to find a source of of moving water um rather than one that's like stagnant. stagnant yeah yeah because that also gives you the ability to create um your own uh reservoirs because you can um if you find a natural spring let's say that's sort of just kind of pooling there um you can actually car like dig out your own like channel for it to start moving um dredge it out a little bit so it gets a little deeper and then that water will start to clear up a bit um you can dig holes next to sides of creek beds um or or small streams uh i mean it's kind of like at the beach when you dig a hole and like water comes up um if you're next to a creek um you can dig a hole next to that creek and water will rise up and the, the water is already passing through a layer of sand and sediment that can help filter it. Um, and, okay. but I mean, really, if you're looking like basic, get a, a canteen or a water bottle, cover it with a bandana, a cloth bandana, um, stick that in the water. The bandana will act as a first level filter against like big pieces of, de of debris and settlement. And then just stick that water bottle um, on a, on a fire and, and boil it. Um, you can also do, uh, if you're like in a real desperate situation, um, and you're trying to do everything you can to stay hydrated, you can also do things using solar, um, and evaporation. So taking a plastic bag, um, and wrapping it around the edge or the end of a leafy branch, um, those leaves will actually give off little bits of moisture and you leave that there for a day or overnight, that bag will collect condensation within it. Don't underestimate the small, what a small amount of water can do for you in a situation where you are dehydrated. Um, so there, those are some kind of like primitive ways of collecting water. Um, you know, rainwater is a really good source. Um, if you are at home, um, there are some CDC recommendations um, that I would suggest you read because I'm not giving you the exact specifications here, but there are ways for you to chemically treat water um, with something as simple as household bleach to make sure that it's safe. Um, you know, but consider something like rainwater We're not talking barrel. about drinking bleach like Trump no, said, right? No, like no, 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 yeah. no. This is, this is long <laughs> after those fuckers are dead. Um, <laughs> Yeah, let them have their bleach. I'll save yeah. mine for water purification. But yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of a long rambly bit about water there. Um, okay. But that's that's an important piece, and I think that kind of um, goes into a good segue because again, um, so the, those five C's came from like Dave Canterbury. I talked about. Um, there's a guy named. Charlie Hogwood, who works with, uh, which that is totally like a prepper name. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie Hogwood. Charlie Hogwood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he uh, he's a contributor to Survival Dispatch, and he came up with this, um, calls us his nine points. And now that's a lot, and we're not probably going to go into all of them, but I figure I'll at least rattle them off. Um, nine points of preparedness. Um, and if you think about where you're at in all of these, really from kind of like a home standpoint, um, like what, what you got prepared at your home, maybe what you got prepared at like your mobile or like go bag level. Um, and again, no particular order, um, food, water, shelter, uh, health, security, energy, communications, transportation, intelligence. 
those are kind of like nine things that you can look at and say, how am I in those places? Like if there is a power outage, what are my communications options? Well, you'll probably have your cell phone because most cell towers have backup generators. But if a prolonged power outage happens and those backup generators go down or there's some sort of, you know, in-cell white supremacist attack against communications infrastructure and that goes down, like, what are you going to do? Um, in, in intelligence gathering um, is going to be more difficult. That's another set, but that's like knowing what's going on around you, knowing what's happening in your community. Um, and I think if you hit those, if you think about those nine things, cause some of them are basic, some are a little bit more nuanced, you'll start to get a kind of, kind of get a picture of how prepared am I um, to sort of weather a storm. Uh, you know, if I had to hold up, it, actually, we all should be pretty good at prepping now because we've been holding up in our houses exactly. for months on end. Exactly. Um, I had three so, months. Yeah, you guys have had three months to prepare. Come on. Like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's, you got the five C's and the nine points of preparedness. And that's kind of where I try to glean a lot of like my strategy and my building my knowledge base. Um, because you'll also find that in the prepper community, a lot of the conversation just goes to like gear, like buying shit. Yeah. And, and that's where like, I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, mm -hmm. And the thing I will say is, is one, don't, don't buy any pre-made survival kits. Like don't buy, like the, uh, they are, they are overpriced. And if you piece out the individual pieces, odds are you can go to the store like, and, and get the same stuff um, for like overall cheaper. Um, right. So really you're buying that stuff for the security. Like you bought this kit and you think that this kit has everything you should need. So that's why you spend the money on that as opposed to piecing it out yourself. So right. yeah. And what happens too is people will buy a kit and they'll throw it in their trunk or they'll throw something big there. Now, now I'm prepared. Now I'm a survivalist. And it's like, well, if you've never opened the damn thing, if you've never <laughs> tried out, if you've ever tried using the thing that's in it, how are you expecting yourself to know what to do when you're in a stressful, unpredictable emergency situation? Um, you know, you, mm -hmm. your plane crashed, you know, and now you're living out some, you know, survival movie against the wolves or, you know, whatever. Um, you so don't i would say just don't buy pre-made kits think about what you need or just look at those kits as like a basis of like okay this is what they're putting in it now can i go and find those things because my, myself because odds are they're again they're trying to make a, a profit on this thing so they're going to look at those margins of in terms of quality and i mean you can buy water you know a kit will come with like It'll be like a pocket survival kit or something. It'll come with like two water purification tablets. You pay like 40 bucks for this kit. It's like you can spend six bucks and get like 80 water purification tablets. So, you know, just think about it in those kind of stages. Don't think you have to buy everything at once. You know, every time you get a paycheck or whatever, think about like, all right, what can I, you know, have something on a list, go through that, the, those nine points or those five C's and think what is a, the next thing that I can get to, you know, squirrel away or start practice using um, so that I'm prepared if an emergency does strike. Okay. So let's talk for a minute about what you, uh, how you put your survival kind of stuff together. Like what, where did you start? What do you have? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I started with, um, like I said, I, I think one day I was like watching some 
camping bushcraft stuff on YouTube. And then somebody, then I probably got served up a video about like a pocket survival kit. And that's probably kind of where it started. So I started off with like Altoid tin, like style survival <laughs> kits where it's like, I've, you know, I thought I was, and it was, it was a cool, like, it was a cool gift. It was a cool kind of like entry point for some people to be like, you know, like, like I put together a survival kit for you. There's like a baggie in there that you can put water in, you know, that's like mm-hmm. extra thick and some water purification tablets and a razor blade. Like mm-hmm. I thought I was like, you know, Oh, now you're MacGyver, like go out and, mm-hmm. and survive in the world. Um, but I, so I'll tell you what I carry on me like every day. Um, okay. And I would start by, by saying to you with, some of this is going to sound like kind of crazy. Um, it's going to sound a little weird. Um, but there is, I think there's a good reason for a lot of it. So one, I carry like a knife on me every day. I find knives are very practical tools for a lot of different things, you know, whether Mm -hmm. I'm cutting open a box or, uh, you know, stabbing, 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 yeah. (laughs) Good old fashioned stabbing. (laughs) You know, being honest here. If the situation arises, you know, I like to be prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, I also got a a flashlight. Um, I like carrying O lights. Uh, That's a good brand, I think. O light flashlights. Um, And then I will have some sort of like small lighter on me or combustion device. I actually got a, uh, it's a combination whistle and ferro rod that like is like as thin as a stick of gum basically. So that's what wow, okay. to slip in the pocket. Um, and I'll put a little quick Tinder fire starter tab in there. Now granted, I live in Lansing, right? Like I'm not like, and I work like an, a mile and a half away from where I live. So part of this, <laughs> I think part of this is just like good practice in my mind. Like if I'm doing this stuff every day and I'm thinking about cognitively, like, could I survive out in the woods if I have to? Like, like if I if something were to happen and I have to walk my ass home, would I be able to like get through a night, you know, without freezing to death um, or being absolutely completely miserable? So, knife, flashlight, combustion device. Um, I got a little Leatherman pocket tool that I use all the time. Uh, this okay. is a Leatherman squirt, and that's just got again, and that's like, oh, I got a hangnail, I got a thing coming off my, you know, a, a thread coming off my shirt, or I got to tighten a screw. Like that's just really handy to have. Um, and then the last thing I always carry around is some quick clot gauze, um, okay. because I and that was one that's kind of a newer thing for me um, because you know a lot of crazy shits happening. You know, you yeah. never know when some. I mean, you know, they right have wing protests. White boys people like, pop off. You know, people have been you know in these protests here lately. They've been yeah. You know, you'd get caught in a crossfire. You may not even be protesting. You might just be leaving your work one day, and you go if you work downtown or something, and it's the middle of some shit going on, and you end up getting getting caught up in it. So yeah, you know. So I, I carry quick clot, which uh, can be used to sort of stop any major bleeding. And again, I'm, I'm not carrying that because I'm expecting to like get in a gunfight. You know, one, I don't have mm-hmm. a gun on me, so I'm not definitely not showing up to a gunfight. Um, you know, but if if people are carrying their CPLs, like you know, um, consider having something to treat some major wounds because yeah. that's going to you know, if you do get in a gunfight, you know, there's that possibility. Um, but you know, some quick clot works. Um, but it also works like if you see a kid just absolutely biff it on his bike, 
you know yeah and he like snaps his arm and he's like bleeding out of his arm like that shit happens like mm-hmm. people getting clipped by cars people falling off of ladders you hear some dude scream after he's been chainsawing cutting firewood in his backyard like if you got something to help take care of major bleeding like that will save somebody's life like mm-hmm. that's just people get hurt all the time all the time people are getting hurt and and traumatic blood loss is like one of the quickest ways for your ass to die so if you have some quick clot gauze on you or a tourniquet now a tourniquet sounds wacky like when i like i i have a i have a tourniquet in my work bag all the time like Mm -hmm. in my i have one in my car um pro tip on tourniquets don't just buy them off amazon like don't buy the cheapest one like tourniquets are not something that you want to get cheap on Mm -hmm. um something that you're depending on saving your life and that's true for a lot of survival gear in general i would say it's better to save up and buy once than buy cheap regret it and having to buy something else yeah have it malfunction or fail on you yeah i mean if you're depending on your life for this gear like get some good stuff um but so the tourniquet thing because I was watching like a, a video on this guy's EDC, like he's this is what I carry every day. You know, he's got this, you know, an absolute sledgehammer of a pistol and you know a flashlight and a big ass knife. And I'm like, yeah, this is the. And he's like, and I carry a tourniquet. And I'm like, now that's crazy. That's insane. And this was like several years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's dumb. But then I kept seeing it in these videos, like tourniquets, tourniquets. And I'm like, why is there's got to be something to this? So I go up on YouTube and I'm like, how to use a tourniquet? Guess what? And I expected to get like again some prepper videos, but I was getting Johns Hopkins. I was getting, you know, university of whatever medicine, this okay. state hospital. And they were like these ER doctors who were saying like, we need more people to be carrying tourniquets. Like wow. if you work okay. in an environment where like, obviously if you're like a first responder, but like in construction, if you're in logging, it, because again, in a situation where you need a tourniquet, that means somebody has like minutes before they're going to die. Yeah. So having, and like, a belt or in a stick or, or a tie, a t- like or a a necktie. tie, you know, that, that could work, but definitely not. I mean, you're not going to get the type of pressure. If you've ever put on a tourniquet, like self-applied one, like it hurts, like it mm-hmm. cranks down hard. You're shutting off blood flow to the rest of that limb. Um, but you know, I was watching this one prepper dude who, you know, and he does like, he's basically, I think he does like security for, you know, he might be like a mercenary or something, but he was actually, uh, his name's Alan Kay. He won the first season of alone uh, where they like drop people off in the wilderness by themselves with a few mm. items. And then whoever's left standing wins a bunch of money. Um, I watched a video with him. He carries a tourniquet on him every day. He's never had to use one in a fighting situation, but he said he was eating outside of a dairy queen and a motorcycle got clipped and the dude got hit like just above or below the knee and like severed the limb and he was able to apply a tourniquet to that dude to help him. so it's not always like yeah. we're in civil war like running and gunning you know patching up ourselves with quick quick clot and tourniquets like <laughs> it can be used like if you accidentally run over your foot with a lawnmower you know and you hit an artery or something like that so mm-hmm. um so so again going back to the original i like what i carry on me every day is some sort of cutting tool i carry a multi-tool because it's useful um, stuff to start a fire with, um, uh, you know, like I said, mine has like a signal whistle, um, in, I don't know, in case I need to blow a whistle or something, uh, and, uh, some, uh, some quick clot. And that's pretty much what I have on me like most times. Okay. Um, and then I've got uh, obviously more robust stuff at, at home and in a bag that I keep in my car 
Yeah, let's talk about that bag in the car. What do you have in there? Okay, well, I'm going to pull it out, Robert. And for the folks at home, you're not going to be able to see this. So okay. I apologize, but we'll, we'll go through it. And we'll this try actually, to be very descriptive if we can. So this is, this is, and you can see, this is just like, and, and it's important, I think, to go with what is called like the gray man theory of, um, uh, I would say like, Herb, like urban survival like don't look like a tactical douchebag like right. when you're, like if you're walking around with a giant backpack and like you're looking like in you fatigues know, and yeah if you're like you're walking around like a militia shit. dude like people are like that person kind of probably has some stuff like yeah i should shoot i, I should shoot him in the head and take his yeah. stuff yeah because <laughs> <laughs> he's prepared so yeah. if i'm prepared to kill him that means i'm prepared yeah so um let's go through the bag here um and again i haven't re- i haven't like gone through this in a little bit so this is always good like to go in check your bag see what you got see what you need um and 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 make it appropriate also for the season that you're in so starting here on the outside um and i'll just pull everything out and put it back in i guess so i've got here a adventure medical kits trauma pack and again thinking about what you might need first access to is important right and in my mind like the first thing i'm going to need to grab for like and i want really quick access to whether it be some sort of like self-defense implement or medical because something's gone wrong so this is a adventure medical trauma pack um it's got uh, quick clot in it. It's got some trauma pads, uh, gloves, duct tape, different gauzes, antiseptic wipes. Um, and you can use the package for uh, chest sucking wounds in case you get shot or pierced in the chest or something like that. So that's right on the outside um, along with, and I know I need to upgrade this tourniquet because it's cheap, um, but th- that's what I have on the other outside pocket. So I have two medical things, two things to stop major injuries. Um, right on the outside of the pack. How much pockets. does that trauma pack cost? Uh, this is probably like 25 bucks. Okay. So, I mean, and, and again, like this is something that throw this in your car, like throw this in your, like have one of these in your office where you work. Like you don't know what could happen. And where'd like, you, where'd you get that from? I think I just got this off of Amazon. Okay. So, um, and you can get these at camping stores, you know, Dick's Sporting Goods, Gander Mountain, all that kind of stuff. Um, but know how to use this stuff too open the package. Like what does the quick clock gauze look like? Like open it up. So you know what it mm-hmm. looks like. Don't, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Um, and then working all the way back through here. So I've got like, I've got a hat shoved in here, like, cause my head might get cold, you know, and you lose a lot of body heat through your, through your head. Mm-hmm. So I've got a hat in there. Um, and let's see, now we're going to go through here. So in the big part, I have a, uh, emergency all weather blanket um and tarp so this can be used as cover this can be used for uh like to create a a tent this can be used to wrap around me as a blanket to preserve my body heat this can be used to signal because it's bright orange so like you know i could hang this from a tree or something like that if i need to get somebody's attention it has reflective Um, it looks reflective too right is that okay yeah so what that does on the on the inside is that reflects body heat back towards you so will help keep you warm um that's what i have in the main pocket because it's kind of big and bulky um uh i got a i got a knife this is a um uh blackbird sk5 by ontario knife company i believe um and and one thing about knives one thing about knives let's talk knives real quick because i do love knives like in general um if you're looking for a good like survival knife you want to get something that has a full tang to it where the blade 
runs all the way. It's one piece of solid steel and runs through the handle okay. because what you don't want is a cheap knife where the blade, the tang of the blade ends right at the handle. And then you're like whacking on and something, you know, you're batoning some wood and it breaks mm-hmm. off. So something with a full tang, you also want a flat, um, a flat grind on the top. You don't want it to be curved because what you can do then is you can shave, you can do wood shavings. You can strike a ferro rod, um, having that, that flat 90 degree edge, because again, not a lot of things in nature come in 90 degree edges, um, is, is good for a lot of different purposes. So I got a knife in there, fixed blade. Um, you can go with folding knives, but again, the more pieces, the more mechanics that you have with anything, the more potential things to go right. wrong. Um, so that's just something to consider there. Um, let's see. I've got a life straw, which is a water filtration okay. device. Um, let's see. I've got, and again, I keep this in my car, right? This, is, this goes with me everywhere I go. I've got two glow sticks. Now, there's not really, like, I don't, my thought process with these is if my car gets stuck on the side of the road and I have to leave my car at night, like, you know, I get a flat tire and then somebody comes and picks me up so we can go get a better Jack or, you know, I don't have something that I need to fix it. Like I'm going to crack some of these and I'm going to stick them on my back windshield. So people don't blast my car on the side of the road. Like that's my process with these. So, um, but also it could be used for signaling, could be used for, you know, light uh, to be able to see. I have a, a map of a, 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 ro- a, a map of Michigan. A paper map, exactly. Um, a paper mm-hmm. map. Like, because again, you don't know what could happen with comms. Your batteries could die. Um, you know, I always carry like backup batteries in my work bag. And there are layers to all of this, right? I got what I have in my pockets and on me at all times. I got what's in my car at all times. I also have like a, a toned down kit of this in my, just my work bag in case, uh, you know, that's all I got on me. So I got a map. Um, I have here, this is a SOS emergency rations food brick. Um, this will keep me alive for something like three days. Oh, let's see. Um, and, and I actually haven't tasted this. I've watched videos and people say, yeah, it tastes fine. And I figure it's food. Yeah, I mean, like uh, I'll yeah. be all right. Like I'll, I know how to eat food. Um, but let's see here. Serving size is one biscuit. Um, there is, and which I don't know if you can call You can see the shape yeah, of this, Rob. This ain't no, no biscuit. Like this is yeah, a brick. Is. <laughs> um, but you know, each, each, oh, it says, oh. I think I was reading. Oh, that's the French. The French call it the biscuit. Uh, yeah, yeah, they so call it. It's cookie. Uh, it's cookie. It's cookie on the. Uh, le the biscuit. Side. Is it le, le biscuit? Is that what they call it? Le, le biscuit. No. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, each each one has. Uh, there are nine bars in here. Each one has four hundred and ten calories. You know, lots of fat. Um, you know, there's a few vitamins in there. Carbs sugar protein a little bit of fiber this is probably gonna back you up pretty bad but you know again like this is like if i have to walk home i'm gonna be expending calories mm. like so having some food on you is a good idea um and i probably put more food in my bag than maybe some other people do um so i have a glasses case here um and in that glasses case i have um an extra pair of glasses mm-hmm like because just in case i've got some permanent markers i've got um a pencil some paper so this was one thing 
and, and this is a glasses holder, like a, like a, a strap to go around your mm-hmm. glasses. Cause if you're running, if you're climbing, if you're going through the woods, like at least me, I got a big ass head and my glasses fall off all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the moment I get a little bit mm-hmm. sweaty. So I always have one of these glasses holders on hand so I can just strap the things to my face and I can see. And then I always have an extra pair in case something happens to my, my good pair. Um, so that's what's in my glasses case there. And then moving back through, what do we got here? Oh, this is something that's kind of through in the bottom, um, but this is a, a folding shovel. Mm. Uh, again, like having it in my car, like if I got to, you know, dig, dig a car out or something or, um, you know, and again, I, I kind of approach this bag of like, I could take this bag and I could go camping, mm-hmm. right? So I could use this to dig all sorts of things. And plus, like if you're walking around with a folding shovel along the side of the road while like a bunch of people are trying to like get out of a traffic jam, you know, maybe people will be less likely to fuck mm-hmm. with you too. So um, a couple things there. I got a bunch of paracord here, um, which... You know when I've had to use paracord, like, and again, like when my trunk broke at Meyer, and I had a bunch of groceries in the back of the car and my trunk wouldn't shut. So I tied it down. Like you don't like, you know, we had, we bought some stuff for work and we were like, well, how are we going to get it down to the Capitol? And I was like, I have paracord. So again, like you don't always have to think that like emergency preparedness is like for when shit hits the fan. You'll find that like everyday inconveniences become not inconveniences because you have mm-hmm. stuff to to deal mm-hmm. with them so that's again practical right practical preparedness is like what i'm always talking about uh and then i got some more food in here this is like a shelf stable this is probably disgusting i should eat this i mean it's like like seven years shelf stable mm-hmm. but it's a fully fully cooked filled wrap shelf stable seasoned beef with mexican style spices so this is this is what I eat probably when I'm when I'm backed yeah. up. That, like, that sounds. You know? That sounds. I gotta be honest with you. That sounds all bad. That sounds all bad. Yeah. It, it, but you know what? It'll probably keep me alive for yeah. a while. Uh, yeah, you might end up dehydrated after that. Yeah. Uh, I got. Yeah. I got. Uh, in another small pocket here, I got some additional bank line, which is just again more cordage. Uh, I have a flashlight. Uh, I have an emergency SOS whistle on a string. Again, so I can put it around my neck. And actually, this is my pocket of, if I had nothing else on me, I would go into this small pocket at the front of my bag and I would take all these contents out and put them in my pockets. So again, flashlight, emergency whistle, uh, lighter. Uh, I've got a Swiss army knife here that has a, a blade on it as well as a saw and some other tools. And I tie a little orange piece of paracord on it. So in case I drop it, I don't lose it um amongst the brush of the ground and then moving into the front here is where i got additional i got a trauma bandage and gauze duct tape which is i mean super important Mm -hmm. um small first aid kit some gauze and then i've got tampons and pads Mm -hmm. in case you know uh, like I, you know, I don't get periods, but pretty much half the people in my yeah, life do. So, there you go, so yeah. like, <laughs> I'm gonna have some of that on me, um, and and that's it, man. That's that's what I got. So like, again, that you know, I got enough food on me there in that bag for probably three okay. days. Like, I'm not like gonna be full. Like, I'm not gonna probably be feeling great, but like, It'll keep you going. I'm gonna have enough ca- calories to keep mm-hmm. me going. Um, I've got stuff to treat major wounds. I've got stuff to build shelter. I've got stuff to signal with. Um, you know, so 
Yeah, and actually now because of the season, one of the things that I'm going to put in here is bug spray right. and sunscreen. Right. Right. Um, because I like if I'm walking home, you know, I'm going to burn mm-hmm. up and or I'm going to get chewed to pieces. Oh, I actually forgot something else. I have I have this um, it's plastic container full of stuff, full of goodies. Let's go into this, Robert. This is the Easter egg that okay. I forgot about. Um, I got a cotton bandana in here. Um, I've got a bunch of water tablets for purifying water in case I need to just like on the go. And one thing that's not in here is a water bottle Mm. is a container. However, I always have a water bottle on me. It's always in my work bag or Nikki always has one in the car. So I'm, I'm not usually worried about not having Mm -hmm. that. Um, plus for something like this, for like water tablets, you could find a two liter that somebody chucked out of their car on the side of the road, an old milk jug, and you can purify water in those containers using these. Um, I have a small candle, Mm -hmm. um, which this would not be used necessarily for signaling or light. This would be used to dry out fire tinder for starting a fire. Um, You can use a tea light candle just like this, and you can start a fire in the rain if you know how to do it right. Um, It involves building kind of like a little tiered structure so things can – uh, you know, warm up and, and get dry. I got a battery, extra battery for my flashlight. Um, oh man, I got a baggie here. This is a, a fire starting baggie. So I got a bunch of quick tinder in there. I've got a ferrocium rod. I got a lighter. I got some strike anywhere matches in there. Um, Cause again, we live in Michigan and half the year, if you're outside for too long, you die just cause it's mm-hmm. too cold. Right. So um, I figure fire starting to maintain core body temperature, signal for help and boiling water is really key in here i got i got a little see this is why it's good to go through this because i don't even know what's in here um i got a little tin here that is filled with ah this is a fishing kit okay (laughs) so i got a little fishing kit in here um you know because it takes up this much space so i figured i'd throw it in there um so yeah that's my that's my that is not like uh this is a bag that i use if i like i said i could go camping with this bag i could treat basic injuries with this bag um, if I have to walk my ass home for three days, I'll be okay. Um, this is not a, I'm going to go start a new life in the woods bag. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, uh, and I think that is one thing that a lot of people kind of like glorify about like emergency preparedness or like outdoor survival. Like there's a reason we live in houses now, right. guys. Like there's a reason that we congregated in communities. Like people, human beings don't do well out in the wilderness. Right. Like, we get a cup cut or scrape, it gets infected and we die. Like we eat the wrong berry and we shit ourselves to death. Like <laughs> we, we do not have that sort of knowledge of, you know, nature that, you know, our ancestors or animals, you know, inherently have. So the idea of leaving civilization behind and going to the woods and like starting a new life, being a mountain person of the fucking Swiss family Robinsons is <laughs> like, yeah, you you go ahead and you prepare for that, and then I'll follow you out into the woods three weeks later when your ass is probably dead. Right. <laughs> um, because anything, I mean, think about small injuries that happen. You know, a twisted ankle, or like I said, you drink something that's wrong, and then you got the squirts like out, like you know, yeah. Like human human life is pretty fragile when it comes to the terrible power of nature and all of the little ways it has to kill us. So, so yeah, man, that's what's right. in my bag, and then uh, you know. Like as far as people's like houses go and stuff like that, store some food, store some water, like, and, and don't go, you can buy, you know, I've got some like freeze dried emergency food uh, and stuff like that, but like 
mainly stock what you eat. Like if there's like a bunch of canned goods or like cereal and stuff like that, that you normally eat on a regular basis, rather than going to the store and buying one, buy two, and then you just rotate as you mm -hmm. go. Um, that way, you know, you should always have some self shelf stable items in your home. Um, so make sure that you're just rotating through what's fresh, um, and buy what you eat. Don't go buying a bunch of canned meats and canned kales and stuff that you don't eat normally. And then expect during an emergency, you're just going to like crack open this right. can and like, mm, this is tasty. Like, this is going to be, <laughs> this is tasty. And my body's used to this and I like this and this is comforting in a stressful time. Yeah. Like stick with what right. you know. You know, like we eat a ton of bean based stuff. Like I got a bunch of pinto beans and black beans because like, hell, I can cook that up, throw some spices in that and I'll just eat that plain. Mm -hmm. Like, and I know it's got, you know, decent stuff in it for me. Um, one thing to avoid or to be knowledgeable with, with cans is sometimes like fruits I've found that I've tried, attempted to do like long-term storage with canned fruits, the like acidity of them like eats through the oh, can. Shit after a long time okay. so just some like you know and i'm sure that there are other resources resources out there about what's good as far as like canned storage and stuff like that goes but you know if you're buying nor pasta sides and things like that like the little packets they just rip open and throw some water in instead of buying one that you need for the dinner just buy the whole like they're 99 cents just pick up the whole flat of them off the store shelf and bring that home mm -hmm. with you like and then when you're down to two or three go and do it again you know and that's a, a good way for you to start to build up an emergency food supply okay. um because you don't need to go crazy you don't need a bunker mm -hmm. you know you don't need to you know bury a, a storage container in your backyard um <laughs> you know cloverfield lane right. style people are um, crazy some of the stuff i see yeah on, on youtube like yeah and that's just like I, I mean, got, I got, I guess, thirty years worth of food here. Well, motherfucker, you eighty. So, <laughs> yeah. If you yeah. know math, and honestly, I mean, you won't get to that. <laughs> you know, I would say too, like for go buy a, a a container of like Mountain House freeze dried camping food, like because what I like that's twenty five years shelf stable. You know, I got a. a a 30 day supply of emergency food sitting over there from August and farms that I will probably never touch, but it was one of those things where I bought it and I was like, now I know I have it. Um, and it's got like pancakes and oatmeal mm -hmm. and all sorts of stuff in it. Um, but you know, you can go and buy a, a bucket of food from mountain house for a hundred bucks. And you know that you have, you know, about 30 days, probably at least two weeks worth of food. As long as you got water to boil mm -hmm. it with, right? To rehydrate it. So that's something that's super simple. Go buy a water container uh, for 15 bucks. Go buy a mountain house thing for 80 bucks you know, or 90 bucks. Um, and then you know you got food and water, uh, you know, at least for like two mm -hmm. weeks, right? If you had nothing mm -hmm. else, um, you would need something to boil that with, you know, camp stoves, things like that. Those can work really okay. well. Cool, man. Cool. This has been dope, man. Um, can you, I got one, a couple more questions for you. Like if somebody wanted to just go and get started on this stuff right away, like where, where could they find most of these things? Yeah, I would, again, like I would, I would recommend like survival dispatch and, and again, understanding that and just being prepared for, you know, these are like some white guys from Florida, like big second amendment guys, but like, you know, and 
I, I, I've avoided watching some of their pandemic coverage just because I'm sort of fearful of what it was, it will right. be like. Um, but I would say survival dispatch is a good place to go. Um, because they also offer things like preparedness, like checklists and things like that. And like a calendar of things that you can do because some of this stuff is not like, again, like I need to hoard food. It's like buy a pack of batteries and set it somewhere and don't touch it. So, you know, I've got six double A batteries, you know, in the event that I need mm -hmm. them, like not, and not the kind of thing that you're going to go and pull them out of all the time. Or if you do buy two and rotate mm -hmm. them, like as you go, like this is the pack and I'm taking batteries out for when the TV remote dies. This is the one for, you know, the flashlight. Um, so there, there are these little things that you can do. I would check out survival dispatch. Um, and then I would just think about, you know, the basics, um, food, water, shelter, you know, if your house has got a leaky roof, um, if you have some sort of like toothache going on, if you have some medical, if your car is sputtering right now, you know, and again, this is where I say like preparedness has privilege with it. Um, get what you can taken care of now. Mm -hmm. Um, like don't let things nag or drag out, yeah. like take care of that shit now because you know, if shit hits the fan and you can't go to the, I mean, I mean, look what happened like with dentists, mm -hmm. right? I mean, people aren't, haven't been able to go get their teeth cleaned in a few months. Like if you waited for a long time for like a minor toothache and then you had to sit there while that thing got worse over, you know, like Tom months, Hanks like and Castaway. That's yeah. right. Then you got to get yourself a, a, an ice You're skate, right. you know, and no one has ice right. skates. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, and I would say just look around your house and say, if I locked the doors and didn't go outside, could I be in here for a month? Like, could I, like if, if it, with no power, no electricity, could, could I survive a month? I mean, that's kind of like my baseline is could we hold up in this house, Nikki and I, and just survive for a month? Um, and that's, a, I think that's kind of a good place mm -hmm. to, to start because then you're not thinking like, you know, bug out trailer, or I need to go buy an AR-15 or something. You're thinking about food, water, medical supplies. Like what we've learned is that when things become things that were normally a convenience, like, oh man, I have a headache. Like I need to go to like, oh, we're out of ibuprofen, right? Well, I'll just run up to the store and grab it. Um, you know, that stuff can, we've seen how quickly that can change yeah. where that is no longer a convenience. Yeah, it, it'll right? be the weirdest shit. Like I had to go, um, Two days ago, I had to go to three different stores to find a bottle of peroxide. Yeah. Simple peroxide. Yeah. Nobody had it. On the fourth, the fourth place I went, that's where I found it. Yeah. Yeah. And so let me, and, and that's, people are panic buying mm -hmm. right now. It happened at the beginning of COVID and it's happening now because of all of the protests against racial justice. Um, because people think like a new civil war mm -hmm. is coming. Um, so things run out very quickly. Um, and I, I will say that, especially like with, with water, like store water. I mean, we, I think we've seen in Michigan just how fragile our water infrastructure is. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying having emergency storage of water would have helped Flint. Um, you know, Rick Snyder going to jail might help Flint right. a little bit, but that's another conversation. Um, but, you know, when we get boil water advisories, you know, I remember Meridian Township and like Okemos had a boil water advisory and those you could practically like count the seconds before 
the, the shelves were gone. Like there was no water left at Meyer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember seeing tweets and Facebook posts like, don't go to the Alchemist Meyer, they're out of water. Or don't go to this place, they're out of water. Like you have, as soon as like a boil water advisory hits, you maybe have like an hour to go out and get some, you know, buy some gallon jugs. So why not have some at mm-hmm. home, like already, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and better yet, rather than gallon jugs, get some water containers that were designed for long-term storage and just fill them up every year in your bathtub. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that shit's going to be good as long as, you know, you got it in a, in a safe, clean place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and think about, you know, you don't need medical, medical grade, clean, high, you know, water for flushing your toilet. Mm-hmm. Right. You can go pull some water out of a ditch, fill up the back of your toilet with that and flush your waist mm-hmm. down. So, um, again, think about like, what do I need for like a month in my house? Do I have, you know, I was listening to one of your other podcasts, you know, having a, a backup supply of prescription drugs and things like that. Um, being able to treat wounds if you're not able to go to the mm-hmm. hospital without, you know, you bleeding out. Just think about what can me and my own do to make sure that we are alive so then we can also extend out and help right. others. Um, because that's the key. And that's what gets lost, I think, in a lot of prepper. And that's one reason why I do like Survival Dispatch is because they do bring up the concept of community and creating a group. Now, theirs is still a little bit insular. It's like we have our survival group. Um, But community is key. And we've seen that the only way that communities get through crises are because of community. Um, People standing up. I mean, we saw that in New Orleans, Mm. you know, when you had, uh, you know, mutual aid organizations go down there. Um, and same thing with like, you know, all the tornadoes out West, we're seeing that with, uh, what's happening with around police brutality and the protests with for racial justice, uh, we're seeing communities step Mm -hmm. up and that is how we survive. And that is how we thrive, um, is through community. Mm -hmm. So do what you can, because you also got to take care of yourself first before you can help others. So that's kind of the way I approach is like, what do I need to survive for a month? And then. Um, that way I can go out and do what I need to do to try to help other right. people. All right. You know? So cool, man. Thanks. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything else you're thinking about? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. I'm thinking <laughs> about, you know, but, um, uh, I don't think, I mean, you know, I would just say, I think preparedness is also about just like self-reliance. Mm-hmm. And having the ability to do things for yourself if you have to. Um, so, you know, a couple small things. Have a fire extinguisher in your house, you know, because in the event of a long-term power outage or some sort of long-term civil unrest, like, you know, a, a house fire, like those are very common within power outages because people start lighting candles mm-hmm. and people are, you know, being, you know, forgetting what's going on and and shit happens. And so like have a fire extinguisher, have non-electric tools that you can use to work on things around your house. If the only thing, if the only saw that you have is an electric saw, you don't have a saw. And then when you don't have a saw, like, you know, um, so those are just, you know, I think self-reliance is kind of, um, part and parcel with practical Mm -hmm. prepping. Um, and again, it's not like, don't think about it as some 
lone ranger wandering the wastes of you know this ain't the postman Mm -hmm. like we're not you know but even there like those people you know and if you look at all kevin costner's post-apocalyptic movies Mm -hmm. robert there was always community involved water world all all of those yeah yes water world the postman Mm -hmm. like there were always communities Mm -hmm. involved um and so the idea of people being like i'm a survivalist i'm gonna be running and gunning and shooting and fighting in the streets it's like well you ain't gonna survive long like if you're getting into gunfights every day, if you're looking to like, I need to scrape to f- together food or go on raids every single day in some sort of, you know, testosterone driven post-apocalyptic wet dream, like you are, your ass ain't going to survive oh, long. Like you're going to die. kill you. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, they'll be able to kill you because they, they stayed home and ate and they actually have more energy than you. So and they won't even shoot yeah, you. They didn't they need just to push you down and hit you in the head with a rock. <laughs> Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. They held you off with a red rider BB gun, you know? Um, but yeah, so I would just say, you know, look around your house, think about what you need every day and then just think, okay, how can I extend that out a little Mm -hmm. bit? Um, and, and how can I, if I'm away from my place of comfort, how can I make sure that I can still take care of myself and I can get Mm -hmm. home? Like, I, I don't consider that bag I went through, like, a bug-out bag. I consider that a get-home right. bag. Like, because odds are I'm going to try to get my ass right. home wherever right. I am. Um, so, and then, uh, you know, the last thing I would just say is have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we are facing some very turbulent times right now. And things are obviously changing at a moment's notice. So have a plan in mm-hmm. place. If cell phone communications are blocked because of a massive you know, riot or protest, um, have a plan. If major highways are going to be blocked and you need to get to somebody else's house or you have another look, you do have a bug out location, like a cabin or something like that. Do you know the non highway routes Mm -hmm. to get there? Do you know how to get there without a GPS? Um, and understanding those routes. Um, if there is a emergency, do you know where, you know, your wife, where your husband, where your children will go. Do they know what they will do? Mm -hmm. I mean, so having a plan is also really important because you can have all the gear, you can have all the supplies, but if you haven't like thought about what to do when the problem does present itself um, and prepared yourself for that moment, then um, you might be caught flat footed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't take much to, for things to go south pretty quickly with uh, the human body and uh, the elements. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Sam, man. Thanks for coming on. This has been great. Uh, it's been very informative. So, yeah. Yeah. Except now I got to put all my shit back away, Robert. You made me take it but all out of my bag. you said you had to look at it anyway. So I'm doing, I did you a <laughs> favor. True. I did you a favor, it's man. True. It's true. I need to put, I need <laughs> to put bug spray and sunscreen in here. I know that. So I'll probably do that as I'm packing it back up. All right, man. Yeah, no, man. I appreciate you you doing this. Uh, you you having me on, and and um, you know, I've been listening to the other episodes and stuff, and and I think that this is a good idea. Um, and I appreciate you. Thank doing you, it. man. Thank you, thank you. So uh, I'll catch you later, man. Take care. All right, sounds good, Robert. Right. Later, man. Bye. I want to thank everybody for listening uh, to this episode of How to Survive in America. Again, my name is Robert Jenkins, and uh, until next time, take care of yourselves.